Welcome to a new episode of the Upper Room Church Podcast. Let's join Pastor Johnson as he shares another life-changing message. All right, brothers and sisters, we're, we're, we're glad to be with you on today. I, f- I feel good in my soul. I hope each and every one of you had a uh, wonderful uh, 4th of July holiday. I hope you was, uh, had a wonderful time uh, with your family. Not so much the, the, the overall family, the big family, but your immediate family, you and your children. I hope that that's the way it worked. Uh, I hope you were safe. I hope you um, was prayerful. And I pray that behind this that we all continue to be healthy and strong. Amen. Behind uh, the 4th of July uh, gathering with our immediate family. All right. Well, today we're going to get right into the word of God. Uh, and my, let me give you the scriptures that we're going to go over on this morning. We just got two scriptures. I'm, I'm, I'm going to uh, be coming from. Uh, let me give you those two. Uh, the book of First Corinthians. First Corinthians, uh, the 10th chapter. Um beginning at verse 1 through verse uh, 13. That's 1 Corinthians 10 chapter, verse 1. We're going to read through verse 13, and we're going to get our thought and text from that those, those verses of Scripture. And the other Scripture, we're just going to do two today, uh, the for book of Philippians. Philippians, the fourth chapter. Philippians 4 verse 12 verse 13 alright you get that Philippians 4 verse 12 and verse 13 those are the two scriptures we're going to be dealing with on this morning alright let's take a look at what the, word, what the word of the Lord is saying to us today through um, in the book of Corinthians Paul here wrote this particular book also Paul wrote the book of Philippians, Philippians that is and Paul was a, a prolific writer God used him mightily in the scripture and um, to talk to his people and instruct them in the ways of the Lord. And uh, I love Paul's writing. I know many people today don't care much about the Apostle Paul's uh, writings and nor his teaching because Paul, uh, he didn't tolerate uh, certain things and he talked very much on family, how the structure of the family should be. How gave us our duties to husbands, duties to wives, duties to children, duties. And Paul just was a teacher, and there was nothing in the in the will of God that's pertaining to salvation that Paul didn't at one particular time touch on uh, to help us in the body of Christ. So the gospel is more than just a pie in the sky. It's more than the big pretty house on the hill. It's more than a, the big fancy car and a pocket full of money. The, the the gospel of Jesus Christ is very practical. It's about everyday living, how to get along with one another, our brothers and sisters, as we live down here on earth. That's that's a great big problem. We as people haven't yet learned how to get along with one another, our neighbors, our brothers, our sisters, our friends, wherever we might be, at home, at work, in the supermarket, up and down the street. We have not yet learned how to get along with one another. And Paul talked very much on family. 
on everyday living, how to get along with one another. Well, let's take a look at his word. Let's get right on down into it. Uh, the 10th chapter in verse number 1. Uh, verse number 1, it starts off by reading like this. Uh, Moreover, brethren, I would not that you should be ignorant how that our fathers were under the cloud and all passed through the sea. That's awesome, awesome uh, uh, scripture right there. He starts off by saying, I would not that you should be ignorant. Now, I oftentimes say to different ones, ignorant is not uh, a bad word. Now, the other words that might be a little bit more offensive than, than to me than ignorance, like uh, crazy, stupid, something of that nature. But we don't; those are not words that we don't practice nor say very much to people. But ignorant is just not knowing. And you know, everybody is ignorant of something. There's something that you don't know, something I don't know. So we all are ignorant to certain things. Uh, this Fourth of July, you know, it was Independence Day. When you think about uh, uh, what Abraham Lincoln did in freeing the slaves, when he signed that declaration, uh, uh, setting those slaves free, many of them didn't know that they was free. They were still out there slaving and working in the field, but the, the word finally got to some of them that you all are free. And uh, so they were ignorant of the fact of what uh, the founding fathers had did, but word finally got to them. Uh, so ignorance is not a bad thing. It just you don't know, and it's 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 uh, sometimes it's it can be shameful. It can be hurtful by not knowing. So Paul said, "Brethren, uh, I would not have you to be ignorant. Uh, how did our fathers were under the cloud and were all baptized uh, in the sea? So they got baptized. Uh, the people in the Old Testament did. They got baptized. The people in the New Testament were baptized." And so he said, I, don't want, I want you to understand this, that uh, just like we believe in water baptism, the people are in the Old Testament, they got baptized also, but it was just in the clouds, when the clouds of God, that, that, that big cloud that followed them, just overshadowed them. It was a form of baptism. And when they went through the Red Sea, uh, there was a form of uh, baptism. So they was uh, baptized in the clouds and in the sea. Verse number two, he goes on to say, and we're all baptized unto Moses in the cloud and in the sea. There it is. And then verse 2, 3 says, he said, and did all eat the same spiritual meat. It's good to eat that spiritual meat. That's what we are doing this morning, brothers and sisters. We eating that spiritual meat. We ate our natural foods on yesterday. I hope you enjoyed yourself to the highest. But on this morning, we are eating our spiritual meat. It's good, brothers and sisters. The hunger and thirst after God's word and eat that spiritual meat. So they all ate that same spiritual meat. And verse 4 said, and did all drink that same spiritual drink. Uh, for they drink of that spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was Christ. So they all drank that ate that spiritual meat, and they drank that spiritual drink that followed them, and that net and, and that drink uh, uh, was Christ. So that's what we're doing today. I'm I'm, I'm eating that spiritual meat, and I'm drinking that spiritual uh, uh, drink. You know there is a there is a a, a drink that God can give us and, and that uh, it, it quenches the thirst that nothing else 
in this world can 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 quench, can can't touch it. And so I just thank God today. I, I I've been drinking this drink for a long time, forty something years. I've been drinking this drink, and I've been eating that spiritual meat that God has been giving me. And I tell you, I and I eat all of my food, and I've been enjoying it just to the highest. And I pray uh, that you also are enjoying that spiritual meat. We need the meat of the word, and we need that spiritual drink, which is the Holy Spirit. We need to drink into the Holy Spirit often, often uh, to get that refreshing uh, from the Lord. Uh, it goes on to say, but in verse number five, but with many of them, uh, God was not well pleased. Those people that followed Moses from Egypt, down through uh, uh, the wilderness, going toward the promised land. They had to cross the Red Sea, mountain on one side, Pharaoh behind them. So as they left Egypt, and before they got to the Red Sea to cross it, they spent a lot of time in the wilderness. In the wilderness, you name it, uh, uh, parasites, mosquitoes, and everything that was out there that would, that would bother a person. So they spent 40 years wandering in the wilderness. Why so long? Uh, the, the wilderness, uh, it wasn't that, the forest that is, it wasn't, it was only so many miles. They said the forest from my study, it was something like 30 to 40 miles deep. And the children of Israel was, was, was up in the million, was the, uh, uh, three, four million of these children left Pharaoh. And so the wilderness only 30 to 40,000 miles deep. Don't you know if they had went straight through, they could have got to the other side in uh, uh, not many days. But, but God spent time with them, and they were in the wilderness, and the Scripture teaches us they were just going around in circles. They got lost in the wilderness, going around in circles for 40 years. Now, you would think, now, it don't take 40 years to travel 30 to 40 miles to get to the other side. But it took them 30 years because God God had to do something with these people. Many of them, they wasn't, they wasn't promised. They weren't qualified. They weren't able to go to the other side. And so God was purging them, purging them out. The ones that he wants to, to stay in the wilderness and the ones that he wants to go to the other side. And it wasn't a large number that went with them to the other side. Uh, scripture said it was Joshua and his family. And it was just very few of those that actually saw the promised land. But check out verse number five. He said, but with many of them, God was not well pleased for they were overthrown in the wilderness. So uh, a, a large number of the children of Israel, they didn't even make it to the promised land. Why? Because with many of them, God was not well pleased. That's why it's so important, brothers and sisters, you and I, we have to read our Bible fast and pray and stay read up and strive and do the best that we can because we don't want our living to be in vain. We don't want to be one of the ones that is said of us that God was not well pleased with our lives. He was not well pleased with the way, uh, the things that we do. We don't want to be left in the wilderness. But with many of them, God was not well pleased, for they were overthrown in the wilderness. So some of them, they, they had to be buried. Their cockles out there in the wilderness. It didn't go. They didn't go to the promised land. Verse number six said, Now, these things were our examples. 
to the intent that we should not lust after evil things as they also lusted. So God always gives you an example. And I, I appreciate God today to the highest. He always gives us an example. The people are old. We look at them. We look at their lifestyle. We look at how they live and how they act and how God uh, acted toward them, how they acted toward God, how God blessed them, how he prospered them. All of this and these, these things were our example. If, if, if God did it for them, brothers and sisters, he can do it for us too. If God was a, a, a deliverer back in those days, I believe by faith that God is a deliverer right now. He can bring us out of what we're going through right now. He was a healer then. He's a healer now. All right? He goes on saying, for, for these things were our example to the intent that we should not lust after evil thing, as they also lusted. Verse number seven said, neither be idolaters. They got into idol worshipers, worshiping the idol God. I don't know how they were able to do that, and God brought them out. God provided for them. Neither be idolaters, as, as were some of them, as it is written, the people sat down to eat and to drink, and they rose up to play. Verse eight says, Neither let us commit a fornication as some of them committed and fail one day three and twenty thousand. Verse 9 said, Neither let us tempt Christ as some of them also tempted Christ and were destroyed of the serpents. Neither uh, murmur ye as some of them also murmured and were destroyed of the destroyer. Now, verse 11 said, Now all these things happen unto them for an example that they are written for our uh, admonition upon whose the end of the world are come. So these things happen for our, uh, uh, for an example for us to look at how uh, they did, what they did, and how God acted toward them. So all these things happen unto them for an example. Now, when I look at Paul, he's teaching the Corinthian church here, the sins of the children of Israel when they was in the wilderness. And I see that uh, what their sins were, there were there was four sins, four categories of sin that the children of Israel fell into. And it and, and, and we see what they did and then also God let us see the consequences uh, from being in that particular circumstance. So what were the four sins? The four sins were, number one, idolatry, worshiping the idol of God. How could you do that when, we, when you know that it was the Lord God that delivered you? That was the sin number one. Sin number two was the sin of uh, fornication or adultery. How could you do that? And sin number three was some of them, they tempted Christ. They didn't think that God could provide for them in the wilderness. They began to complain, said, well, when we was in Egypt, when we was with Pharaoh, we had food, we had water, we had houses to eat in, we, were, we had food, we were provided for. So some of them, they tempted Christ. Can Christ provide a food for us in the wilderness? So they tempted God. They shouldn't have done that. That was sin number three. And sin number four that these children they committed while they was in the wilderness, they murmured, they complained a lot. So those four sins are the sins of, of the children of Israel when they was in the wilderness, and these are sins that we today shouldn't find ourselves into. 
sin of idolatry, the sin of immorality, the sin of tempting Christ, thinking God can't provide and protect us. Even we in the land of uh, what's going on in our land today, this crisis, this virus, this this uh, 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 this virus is going on among, among us. We we must believe that God can take care of us. And, and, and that he will bring us out, and he is God, and he can sustain us. So those three sins and four, they murmured. Let's learn not to complain so much. You know, some of us, we are blessed so highly. God has blessed us, many of us, to have more than we ever had in our life. Uh, have, many of us, we are blessed more than our, our parents, our forefathers, our, our, our grandparents, where we have more than they had. They didn't have many times uh, in the old days in the country. They didn't have air-conditioned houses. They didn't have bathrooms in the house. They, you know, uh, the houses weren't like what we have today. So our parents, we are blessed highly to have more than many of us, many of our parents had in that day and time. But yet we still complain. So brothers and sisters, we don't want to fall into the category that those Israelites fell into, those four categories. Let's stay away from that. But he said, but these things happen to them uh, for an example that, that we should look at how God interact with those people that fell into these categories of not trusting God, not wanting to worship God, and complaining uh, uh, to God and to Moses about certain circumstances. We don't want to do that. But look at verse number 12. He said, Wherefore, let him that think that he's standing take heed lest he fall. Paul said this because sometimes we think we are in uh, a position uh, of, 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 of safety or we're in a good position, and we're really not. Sometimes we might think we're more than what we are. So Paul telling these people here, he said, let him that think he's standing. You got you to gotta make sure right now, brothers and sisters, that, that your anchor hold. Make sure. You got to be sure that your anchor is holding and that it's grip of solid rock. And that rock is Christ. So he said, he that think he's standing, you better take heed lest you fall. So you have to make sure that you, you are where you are. Make sure you're standing on solid ground. The ground that you're standing on is solid. And if we stand on the word of God and stand in, in God, we are standing on solid ground. But you got to make sure. you got to be sure. And Paul told these uh, Corinthians here, he said, uh, take heed. You to thank you for and take heed. You think you all right? Thank heed that you that you 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 are all that you all you all you need to be. But he said, take heed, take heed, take heed that that you are what you say you are. Every now and then, you we need to check ourselves, check and double check to make sure I'm in the will of God. Make sure because you you don't want you don't want to be uh, mistaken. Uh, because you may not be able to recoup that mistake. He said, these things happen for them for an example, uh, and they are written for our admonition upon who in of the world are come. Wherefore, let him that think that he standeth take heed, lest he fall. 
If you ever thought you had something that you didn't have, you ever thought, I thought I had a $20 bill left in my wallet, I knew I had some money, but you, you ever thought you had something you didn't have, I thought I had $20, but I forgot, I broke that 20 and bought something back then, and now it's no longer 20 it's less than that. Have you ever thought you had something, but you didn't have it, you forgot maybe you gave it away to your best friend or something? So this is what Paul is saying, take heed, lest he that think he standing, uh, 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 lest you fall. In verse number 13, he goes on to say, there has no temptation taken you, but such is common to man. So Paul is teaching the Corinthian saints here, no matter uh, what form of temptation you find yourself in, there's no temptation that will come upon you that's, that's not common. In other words, I, I remember the old folks saying like this, God will not put no more on you than you can bear. If, 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 if it's on you, believe me, you can bear it. God is not the God that I know. He's the, the God of the Bible will not allow you to go through nor deal with anything more than what you can handle. I know some people don't believe that. I was reading just a little on last night a story about this particular uh, leader who was he was he was just on a uh, on a opposing end of what I'm talking about right now. God will not put no more on you than you can bear. This particular man was saying that God will allow you to take on more than you can bear, which is nonsense. And the, and the scripture text that he was given to defend that didn't make no sense. He wasn't rightly divided in the word of truth. That's why, brothers, so you have to study the Bible for yourself. 2 Timothy 2 and 15 says, Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that need not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. People are twisting scriptures out here, and you have to know your word and know when they're twisting these scriptures. God will not put no more on you than you can bear. God will not suffer you to go through anything that you cannot handle. He's not that kind of God. I'm, 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 I'm told, uh, uh, I was told by a friend, well, not so much a friend, but an associate of mine, he was tempted in, in, in one day. He, he, he was blessed. He got this job. He was out of work, and I remember when he got this job, uh, I had something to do with helping him get it. Anyway, he was a driver for Coca-Cola Company, and he was making a delivery uh, at this particular store. And as they began to make the delivery and fill the store up with the drinks that they had ordered, lo and behold, he was coming down one of the aisles, and there was a cell phone on top of the shelf. And he looked around. He didn't see nobody. And uh, it seemed like this phone didn't belong to nobody. Nice-looking phone. And he don't know who it was. And he picked the phone up and put it in his pocket and went on out of the store and began to finish his route making his delivery. Well, one of the workers in the store who probably was stocking shelves laid the phone there and noticed that the phone was gone. And the last one that was in the store was the Coca-Cola people coming to fill their machines up. So lo and behold, the person called the phone, and the, and, and, and the driver, uh, the man that I know, answered the phone, and then he uh, asked him the question, this is my phone, you picked it up, and he began to say, well, I didn't know the phone belonged to you, I didn't know who it was, so I just picked it up, I returned it, blah, 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 long story short. Well, 
the worker at the store called the Coca-Cola company, and the Coca-Cola company contacted a particular driver, asked him, did you pick up a phone in the store while you were there delivering uh, the product? And he said, yes, I saw a phone on the shelf, and I didn't know who it was, and I just put it in my pocket. Well, it cost him his job. So what I'm saying here, brother, there is no temptation taken you, but such is common to man. No matter how pretty the phone was, he was that it was it was tempting for him not to pass that phone, not to leave it be. But you know, you need to remember sometimes the teaching of your parents. If it's not yours, don't touch it. If you didn't put it there, it don't belong to you, leave it be. No matter how pretty it looks, how fancy it is, how tempting it might be, but it's not yours. So leave it be. So he couldn't pass up that hour of temptation without picking the phone up, but it cost him his job. And so Paul is saying right here, there is no temptation taken you, but such is common to man. So sometime in life, brothers and sisters, we will be uh, in a position, we will be tempted in certain matters. But I want you to know that, look, if it's not yours, leave it right there. You didn't put it there, it don't belong to you, it doesn't matter. Leave it there. It's not worth it. Leave it there. So no matter what type of form of temptation in life we find ourselves in, the scripture goes on and says, there's no temptation taking you, but such is common to man. Then it goes on, but God is faithful. And that's why I thank God for Jesus. God is faithful. No matter what you're going through in life, no matter what you're dealing with, God is faithful. Uh, and whatever you're tempted with, whether it's drugs or alcohol or money, sex, you name it, boys, women, girls, men, whatever it might be, whatever the temptation is, there's no temptation that, that, that can come up on you that you cannot walk away from. God is faithful. No, it's God is favor who will not suffer you. God will not suffer you to be tempted above that you are able. This is why I say God will put no more on you than you can bear. If you are going through something right now, or you are tempted in any way, any shape, form, or fashion, you can handle it. You can walk through it. You can walk away from it. God will not allow you, brother, so to go through or deal with anything in life that you cannot handle. But God is faithful who will not suffer his children to be tempted above that you're able. You may be in a room filled with money, a million dollars, you name it, You no matter what it is. Look, you can walk away from that. You do not. You know it's not yours. Then leave it be. You can walk away from it. We may be tempted in in many different areas. So we all are tempted in some form or sh shape, form or fashion. But I want you to know today, brother and sister, the word of the Lord said, but God will not suffer you to be tempted above that you are able, no matter what you're going through. If you're dealing with drugs or alcohol or, or whatever it might be, you can walk away from it, uh, even if you don't have the sin. But listen to what the Lord said. God will not uh, suffer you to be tempted above that you are able. But we with the 
the temptation. Thank you, Jesus. God said, but with the temptation, that particular temptation, he also will make a way that you might be able to bear it. So whatever situation you find yourself in, whether it's with a man, whether it's with a woman, whether with money, whether with, with merchandise, whether with a business, no matter what profession you might be in or whatever you're dealing with, God will make a way for you to escape. Here's the thing. When God opened the door for you, brothers and sisters, when that temptation comes, when God opened the door, it's time for you to get to stepping. Can somebody say amen? Don't you just keep sitting there when the Lord opened the door. So when God opened the door for you to get away from whatever that, that you might be tempted with, then you make sure you move. You got to know how to move with the Spirit. So there is no temptation taking you, but such is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you are able. So whatever you're going through in life, you can handle it. I can handle it, brother. The God that we serve, the God has given us adequate grace, adequate grace. God has provided for his people, for his children. Adequate grace has been provided so we can walk away from the things in life that we need to walk away from. Nobody has no excuse. Well, I couldn't help myself. Well, it was, it was just so tempting I couldn't resist it. No, brothers and sisters, adequate grace has been provided for God's children. You can walk away. You can say no to the devil. You can say no deal. I will not Accept your offer. You have that right. You can do that. Adequate grace has been provided. So I believe that according to the Bible, that, that, that there's no assignment. God will give us no assignment, no cash, no piece of work, nothing. There's nothing too great, nothing too hard uh, that God has placed upon his people that we can't get it done. If God gave you that assignment, brothers and sisters, I want you to know the day that you can complete it. You can't complete it. If God gave you that test, if God gave you that piece of work, if this is your task, you can't complete it. It's just like when we was in school. The teacher would give us our assignments. We had to get book reports done, tell you what chapter to read. We had such, so many days to get that report done and turn in. That was our assignment. Well, some of us might have thought that it was too hard. We couldn't get the re report done in and, 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 and such and such a time. The teacher gave you time to do it. If you went home and studied, if you went home and went to work and not go out and play, if you didn't watch too much TV, if you didn't uh, waste your time, you could get the report done and turn it in and get your grade. So it wasn't that she was asking too much. You just didn't make good use of your time. So what am I saying today? God of the Bible, the God that I know, the God that we serve, will put no more on his children than they can bear. And then if it's too much, God is so good, he'll help you with it. So we have no excuse, brothers and sisters, for, for failing God. We have no excuse for failing our tests in life. He said, for God is faithful. The God that we serve, he is faithful who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you are able. If you can't handle it, God will help you with it. Can you say amen, somebody? God will help you with whatever you're dealing with. It don't matter what it is. God will help you with it. Is anything too hard for God? The Bible asks, and the answer is no. There's nothing too hard for God. And I thank God for Jesus. 
I thank God. There's nothing too hard for God, and you know what? I'm on his side. I hope you're on his side today. I'm on the side of a, a God that's a winner. There's nothing too hard for him. But he said, but that you might be able to bear. So don't tell me, oh, it's so hard. It's so hard, Pastor Johnson. I, it's so hard out here. I just can't do it. I can't make it. I, I, I don't know. It's hard being a single parent. It's hard being uh, trying to raise your children all by myself. You can do it. You can do it. Stop complaining. Stop saying what you can't do. No, you of yourself, maybe you can't do it. But who's talking about being in ourselves? I, there's a lot of things I can't do. I don't worry about me, but we talk about God, the God of the Bible, the God that can perform miracles, the God that can bring you out, the God that can take nothing and turn it into something, the God that create out, created the universe out of nothing. There was nothing there, but God called nothing. It was nothing, but he called into existence something that was nothing. So that's the God we talk about. So no, no, you can't do it on your own. That's why we need the help of God to do these things. So I want you to understand today that there's no assignment. Many times I follow in myself that the ministry that I'm in, oh Lord, is bigger than me. It's more than I can handle. I don't know how I can do it. I don't have enough money. I don't have enough people. I don't have whatever, the, whatever I think I might not have. But you know what? God did not give you an assignment that you cannot complete. So I have to talk to speak to myself, say, I can do it. I can do this. I know I can do this because God didn't put me out here to fail. See, that's one thing, brothers and sisters, that we got to know about God. God is not inter interested in you failing. God is not interested in destroying you as a person. God is a God that wants to build you up. He wants to build you up that you might be strong. He's not the God that wants his people to fail. He's not the God that wants people not to prosper. He's not the God that wants want his people to make it in life. God wants you to succeed. God wants you to be something. God wants you to be somebody. So there is no assignment. When I read this, it gave me the faith that I need to do what I need to do in Christ. So, the, But the God is faithful who will not suffer you to be tempted. There it is. Above that you are able. And look, it's not, it's not above. I can handle it, brothers. No matter what it is in life, we need to stop making this. I can handle it. When it's going to get tough, then the tough got to get going because I serve an awesome God, and so do you. And so God is faithful who not, who will will not suffer you to be tempted above that you are able. Brother, so you can handle it. Stop complaining. Stop, stop thinking that you can't do it. You can do it. I'm going to show you right here. God says you can. But God will, uh, even God, but with the temptation, there it is, also make a way for you to escape. God is so good. No matter what you're dealing with, God will make an exit for you. When God show you the door, when God show you an exit, this is your turn. Turn right here. God will show you the way out. He will, but with the with temptation, will make a what? A way for you that you might be able to bear. So God, brothers and sisters, no matter what people say in life, God will not put no more on you than you can bear. Oh, my husband, go and love me. Sister, you can make it. You don't have to go because he's gone. If you want to go, okay, but I'm saying it don't have to be that way. God will put no more on you than you can bear. I want to speak to you right now. Live, my brother. Live, 
still my sister. Don't think that you can't make it in life. You might be alone. You might be all by yourself, but you can make it. You can make it while they call some God. He will not put no more on you than you can bear, and then he will make a way that you might be able to escape it. Isn't anything too hard for God? No, 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 my brother. Nothing too hard for God, and I'm on his side. I'm a child of God, and so are you. So there's no temptation. No matter what you're doing in life, you don't have to do that. You don't have to do it. You can say no. You can say no to the devil. You can say no deal. You remember the show, Let's Make a Deal? You can accept the deal, or you can say no deal. And so that is the same thing applies to us in life. We can say no deal, especially when it's not within the will of God. Let me go on just a little bit further here. But look, the, the, I, I, want, I want you to understand that the God of the Bible, the God of the Bible, he does not assign, give assignments that you can't complete. God is not that way. He will not give me a task. He knows, well, I'm going to put Johnson out here. I know he's not going to make it. I know he's going to sink. I know he's going to fail. That's not the God of the Bible. He's not interested in me failing. He's not interested in you going under, brothers and sisters. He wants you to succeed, and he will help you to succeed. We got to have faith and trust in God Almighty. Amen, somebody. No assignment, no attack, no piece of work. No, 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 nothing too hard. God will not give me anything that's too great, that's too hard. If anybody else can do it, I can do it. Amen, somebody. Now, if they doing it, you can do it. Don't say, well, no, I can't do that. They can do it, but I can't do it. No, no. The God of the Bible, there is no nothing too great, nothing too hard that the God will not help his people get it done. You can get it done, brother. But with the temptation, he also will make a way to escape that you might be able to bear. You can bear. Don't pay these folks no attention that twist the scripture, that they that, that, that misinterpret the scripture. Amen. But you can make it. You can, you can do uh, uh, great things in the body of Christ. Brothers and sisters, God is good, and he's good all the time. I serve a great God, and he's, he's able to do awesome and exceedingly things. One other scripture I want to show you that, that confirms this, that goes along with Paul's writing right here, letting you know that no matter what the temptation is, no matter what the temptation is, you can bear it. You can handle it. You can get through it. You can say no. You can walk away. Somebody, well, I couldn't walk away. I just couldn't resist it. No, yes, you can, brothers and sisters. But you got to get out of the flesh, and you got to, you got to, you got to trust God, all seeing and all knowing God. You got to put your trust in Him, and God will bring you through. You don't have to take the money. You don't have to pick the phone up. You don't have to. You you may not have a husband, but you can make it, sister. You don't have to live your life beneath your privileges just because you don't have a home, you're going to go to the front door open and let everybody come in that they want to come in? No, 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 no. You, you, you're better than that. You're better than that. You can say no. You can wait on God. Listen, he, God would not put no more on you than you can bear. Wait on the Lord, and he will supply your every need. Listen to what Paul said to the Philippians thing. Philippians, the fourth chapter. 
I know for a fact he won't put no more on you than you can handle. I know sometimes we lose our loved one, our children, our daughters, our parents, our mom, our dad, our cousin, our, our favorite uncle and aunt. We lose people all the time. And folks feel like they can't make it. They just can't go on in life. I'm here to tell you this morning, brothers and sisters, that you can make it. It may take a little time. It may be a process, but God going to get you through it. Can you say amen? I know we're going to get through this. Well, listen to what he said in Philippians, the fourth chapter, and verse number 12. Listen to what the word said. God, Paul said, he said, I know how to be obeyed. I know how to be obeyed, and I know how to abound. So Paul said, I know how to be obeyed. And what obeys means humble. I know how to be humble. I know how to low, how to become low, meek and humble. Some we have to learn this in life. I thank God I learned in life. I learned how to be humble. So Paul said, I learned how what to be obeys, and I know how to abound. And the word abound means to be in abundance, to have plenty of, to be full. I know how to have plenty. I know how to enjoy myself. So I know how to honor myself when I need to. And I know how to, I know how to have plenty of. I know how to live in abundance. I know how to be full, to have plenty of. You got to know these things in life. Paul said, I know that. I know both. And you got to know also. Look at that. He said, I know both. And we, too, as God people, we got to know both. You just can't know one side. You you are high rolling. All you know is high rolling. So you got you got to know how to be armor. Sometimes you ain't going to be able to be a high roller. You got to know how to armor yourself. Sometimes you're going to be without, and you ain't going to have what you always had. And when you don't have it, you got to know how to trust God. And you got you to gotta trust God and know that you can make it even when you don't have it. So Paul said, I know both. How to abase, that to go to be humble. I know how to be abound, that to have plenty. And then it says, everywhere in all things, I am instructed both to be full and to be hungry. Paul said, I understand these things in life. I understand being full. I understand being hungry. Sometimes people don't understand being full. Everybody understands being are full sometimes, but do you understand being hungry? Sometimes the money will get low. Well, I don't understand why the money is low. Brothers and sisters, sometimes it'll get low. Trust God, it'll come back. I, I'm instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. We got to learn this in life. People don't understand. They just don't know how to suffer need. Sometimes your needs might be not, not be met. You can go without things in life. Without the proper thing. Paul said, I understood this. I didn't go out and steal something. I didn't go out and take from others because I didn't have it. But Paul said, I know how to abound. I know how to suffer need. I can wait on God. I may not have everything I need right now, but I can wait on God. It's coming. Your ship coming in one day. Your blessing, brothers and sisters, is on the way. Just because it don't look good for you right now, hold on. Keep the faith. The God of the Bible we'll supply your need according to his riches and glory. You don't have to be tempted. You don't have to say yes. You don't have to take things from the devil because you don't have what you think you might need. But I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you that there is no temptation, no more no temptation that you cannot bear. He said, so I learned how to suffer. 
I learned to be obeyed. I learned to abound. I learned, I learned, I'm instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. And verse number 13 says, I can do all things through Christ which strengthen me. So no matter what you're going through, brother, no matter what you're going through, sister, you can make it. Paul said, I can do all things. I can do all things. I can raise my children by myself if I have to. Maybe hard, but I can get the job done, not because of just me, but, but, but the help of God. By the help of God, I can get it done. So listen to what Paul said. I can do all things through Christ that strengthen me. Now, I was reading this in the Revised Standard. And check, let me read it to you in the Revised Bible, how Paul says it this way. King James said, I can, I can do all things through Christ that strengthen me. Listen to that in the Revised uh, Standard, uh, chapter 4, verse 12 and 13. Paul said, I know how to be obeyed and to live humbly in straight circumstances. And I know how uh, to enjoy plenty and live in abundance. Paul said, I know that. I know how to enjoy and how to live in plenty and live in abundance. And I know how to live with a little bit of nothing. Then he goes on and said, I have learned in any and all circumstance the secret of facing every situation whether well-fed or going hungry, having a, a sufficiency and to spare or go on without and being in want. Paul goes on, verse 13, says, I have strength. I have strength for all things in Christ who empowers me. This is what it said. I have strength for all things in Christ who empowers me. So, brothers, there is no excuse for us as Christians today. We got to learn and trust in Jesus. I have strength for all things, whatever the situation might be, whenever it arrives, I have strength for all situations. Whether I lost somebody I just love, I have strength in Christ. Uh, who empowers me uh, in all my situations. He said, I am ready for anything and equal to anything. Listen to what Paul said. I am ready for anything and equal to anything through him who infuse, who infuses inner strength into me. That is, I am self-sufficient. Listen to what Paul said. I am self-sufficient in crisis sufficiency. So no matter what it is in life that you don't have, you are, you need to speak to yourself, speak to yourself. I am self-sufficient in crisis sufficiency. God got it. As long as God got it, I got it too. Can you say man? Somebody said, God got it, you have it too. He said, I have strength for all things. That's what the Amplified Bible said. I have strength for all things in Christ who empowers me. King James said, I can do all things through Christ who strengthened me. Amplified said, I am ready for anything. And no matter what it might be, this virus, you know, whatever the epidemic, the crisis might be, amen, or corona or whatever you call this thing. I don't even know what the proper name for it is sometimes. That's just how much I think about it. But he said right here, I am ready for, for anything. I'm ready for anything and equal to anything through him who infuses inner strength into me. That's what Paul is saying. 
That is, I am self-sufficient in Christ's sufficiency. So, brothers and sisters, we don't have to be tempted. We're tempted because we're drawn away from God's word. We're tempted because we're letting our flesh have its way. Let's not do that. Let's stay in the word. Let's stay in Christ. And so we can say no to the devil and the things that's not like God. I got a few steps here that'll help you. I was reading. I put together a few little things that'll help you with some temptation in your life. Here's what I put together. How to conquer temptation. I'm almost done. How to conquer temptation. I wrote up down, I think I got seven steps here. How to conquer temptation. Step number one, how to conquer temptation. We got to remember that Satan is our greatest enemy. That's what we fail right there. Remember that Satan is your greatest enemy. And as Christians, we must be aware that we are engaged in a spiritual warfare with unseen but very real power of evil. Step number two, uh, without the Holy Spirit and the proper use of God's word, Christians cannot overcome sin and temptation. We got to remember that. Step number three, you got to always remember the engrafted word. Step number three to help us how to deal with temptation. Memory. Memorize the word of God in your soul and in your mind. This is how to overcome temptation. You got to memorize the word of God. Some of us, we don't even know no Bible. We don't, we don't know no Bible verse. But you got to memorize some scripture when the hour of temptation comes. Rememorize the word of God. Step number four. They help to deal with temptation. You got to learn to meditate on the word day and night on the verses that you have memorized. The script, the, the, the scripture that you have memorized, you need to you need to meditate on them day and night. Step number five, and the scripture that you have memorized, you need to these particular verses. You need to say these particular verses to yourself and out loud to God. The verses that you memorize, say them to yourself. Say them out loud to God when you are tempted, no matter what you're going through. All right, step number three, recognize and obey the prompting of the Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit said, move, brothers, you got to move. If the Holy Spirit said, get up, sister, you got to get up and go. So recognize the prompting of the Holy Spirit. And my last one, number seven, surround yourself with all these steps and with prayer. And that will help you with temptation in your life. I hope I said something to help you today, brothers and sisters. Remember, remember, there is no temptation taking you but such that is common to man. You can handle it. God would not put no more on you than you can bear. If God allows you to, if he put it on you, you can get through it because he's going to help you get through it. God knows your potential. God knows each and every one of us, our potential, what we can, what we cannot do. And if God allows you to go through this, if he put it on you, you can get through it. Don't think you can't. Don't let the devil fool you. We serve a great and awesome God, and he will not put no more on you than you can bear. Remember that. He will not put no more on you then you can bear. God bless you. I hope I said something to encourage your heart on today. Thanks, Pastor Johnson, for another amazing message. Make sure to join us next week for an all-new episode of the Upper Room Church Podcast. Until then, remember, encounter Jesus, echo hope, and dwell in love.